0: Welcome, everybody, to episode two of the 88's Army of Unicorns. Today, I have a 88 OG, Sophie. Okay, I've known Sophie now for, I mean, I think it's honestly been like over three, it's probably like four years. Four, no. four and
1: a half years. Four and
0: a half years, yeah. and this one always gets me. Don't ask me to write it for you. Like, literally, like if I have to sign her in for a meeting, I just hand the pen to her. Haf
1: No, that's not it. Shit.
0: (laughs) I will spell it because I have it in front of me, so I would be cheating, but Hauptführer. That's better. Sophie's uh, my director of strategy, and I met her through a friend, uh, a fellow uh, Brit, who gave a recommendation. She started working with us, and then she took a break and came back, but I'm really excited to have Sophie today. Uh, Welcome, Sophie.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: What are you passionate about besides strategy?
1: Well, I think that I'm very lucky because like strategy allows me to pursue my passions. My passions is basically researching like anything and going down the rabbit hole and finding out like really weird and wonderful things about it. But I have to say like, outside of work that's normally directed in the wellness space so Mm -hmm. like i'm really interested in trying any new wellness trend any new class any new weird like type of food that's supposed to make you more powerful and then any kind of like alternative therapy or experience really yes
0: so have you tried anything last week is this the wrong time to ask i know we just did a pitch so this weekend (laughs) did you try anything weird this weekend or no
1: um, I've been seeing a new acupuncturist recently, and she told me about this new thing called like, a callotropic breathing. Have you heard of that? I feel like you'd like this.
0: Tell me. I've, okay. I we'll, we'll hope so, our listeners like it as much as I do, but let's
1: Basically, see. back in the 60s, there was this guy who was like treating people with all different kinds of like schizophrenia and stuff like that. With-
0: so you're saying I'm schizophrenic, go on. <laughs>
1: Um, He's treating all people with schizophrenia and other kind of disorders with LSD. And he was having like really amazing results, right? This is before they made LSD illegal. And then his whole science project was completely destroyed when they passed the law. So he had to find another way to kind of heal people. And he developed this approach to breathing and breath work, which is basically it's type of meditation. You go with an instructor, you basically teach yourself how to hyperventilate. Um, and it's supposed to be like a really cleansing, positive experience for the body, but very intensive. So the minimum session for ha- halotropic breathing would be like two hours, but sometimes you would do a halotropic breathing class for an entire day from like nine until seven.
0: Let's get to work. So Strategy, social media, where we're at in culture, where we're at in advertising, your experience. So uh, before the eighty eight, um, well, let's talk about college and getting into college. How'd you get into college? <laughs>
1: um, I didn't have the best grades in high school, and my teachers even said to me I wasn't the best student. They were like, "Look, you're with these grades, you're like not getting into a good college." So I thought to myself, "Screw you!" Like, would in- stop
0: real quick. Yeah. She went to Cambridge, so can-
1: yeah. <laughs> I thought, yeah, screw you all. If you're going to tell me I can't go to college, I'm going to apply to the hardest one. So um, I applied to Cambridge and I knew that I had to do some extra work in order to legitimize myself with the grades that I had. They weren't like Ds, they were like Bs. So I won this award to come and do a, a research project here in New York about graffiti writers and comparing the graffiti subculture of teenage boys between New York and London. So I wrote that paper. I came here for like... Three weeks. I like hung out with a bunch of people from A Life. I didn't really understand what that was at the time. And it was really cool. And so. This paper gave me something that nobody else that was applying to Cambridge had. I applied for social sciences, so this is like, you know, about researching different types of subcultures, understanding politics. And I think they were just really impressed with my point of view, that I'd done something different and, you know, my ability to blag it, that they gave me a shot and gave me a place. So um, one research project that I really enjoyed doing, and you know, this is all about like going down the rabbit hole, was looking at how different tribes have worn adidas gazelles over time you know this is a, a sneaker with a really rich cultural history so the way that we went about this research was like first of all we identified the moments in culture so and,
0: tribes tribes i don't th- do people know what? Tri- i don't yeah. know people know what tribes are
1: so a tribe or a subculture would be like a, a group within conventional culture who are behaving in um, a unique and interesting way so whether that be from the style that they have or, you know, one tribe that I see a lot of right now is like this activism resistance tribes, you know, within New York, people getting together on the weekends to resist and write letters to senators and things like that.
0: Right.
1: So, yeah, it, it's first about identifying, you know, the moments in history where the shoe was present, making a timeline, and then really going deep and looking at many different types of sources to understand this world and this universe, you know? So, like, it was really fascinating for me to look at, terrace culture and rave culture in England, you know, from the 1970s through the 1990s. We looked at anthropological studies, we looked at theories, and then, you know, we also spoke to people who were there during that time to get a completely different perspective on things. We looked at fashion editorials from those times. And, you know, through looking at all of these these really diverse sources, it was, we got a pretty full and holistic picture of what this time period looked like. And then when we laid everything out, we were able to draw connections between them. We were able to see that, for example, terrace culture was actually impacted by the Jamaican expression of mod in the late 1960s.
0: Terrace culture. I mean, people might not even know what terrace culture is. What's terrace culture?
1: So terrace culture is a 70s British phenomenon. And it's all about the culture of going to watch your football team play. And, you know, the style around that. And, you know, this was a time in England, especially the north of England, where there are a lot of gangs, there are a lot of violence. So, you know, on the one hand, you have this kind of gang mentality associated with terrorist culture. Lots of people were fighting each other. But on the other hand, you know, people wanted to dress in a really clean way. It was basically like the first expression of fresh dressing that we would see here in, in the US in the 80s and in a way that represented their team. So we saw like really interesting uses of gazelles of different colors um, to support different teams. And, and you know, they would ship in clothes from Europe. They'd go out as kind of gangs. Sometimes they'd like get them on the black market. Sometimes they would, you know, literally go and steal European sportswear and they'd bring it back to Manchester. And you'd you'd see this kind of interesting mix of quite like scary looking guys but wearing like the freshest european sportswear in the colors of uh, the team. yeah
0: Yeah. it's kind of like i think that's like is that like fresh you know the fresh wear meaning like in hip-hop how there Mm -hmm. was this like idea of like being tough but also being kind of dressed really well it's like this idea that like being kind of slightly dapper But also being scary is like it's not just that like kind of urban kind of – now, you know, urban culture is very much – I guess we've kind of come back around now with this kind of like tighter, higher pant leg, like guys wearing really skinny jeans. You think about that, it's not the most – you know, not that baggy kind of urban look. But now it's like kind of getting a little more daintier. But still, it's Mm -hmm. like the toughest dudes are wearing like skin-tight, Balmain jeans. But they're like – Murders.
1: Well, it's the same, like, I would say, thinking back to the graffiti project, it's the same kind of principle as tagging in a way that, you know, sportswear is a, a game that every boy can play and win, no matter how much money they have in their back pocket. Like, you can usually scrape together enough to have a clean pair of sneakers and, like, you know, a really fresh, clean-looking outfit, you know, in a way that at the time they weren't able to afford a custom suit and that type of clothing. So, in a way, it was kind of – way of showing wealth and status and the idea of keeping it really clean is so that it always looks new
0: so work tribes exploring calling friends desk side research social listening tools there's a bunch of ways how do you find out about the new trends in health and wellness
1: that i think is best done through word of mouth if you were to say like look up on google I wanna go and see a shaman in New York, like send me to the best shaman in New York. Like no good shaman has a website. No good sham no good acupuncturist is like advertising on, you know. Well, those are the so- ones you
0: said. You said it earlier. It's like you're actually opposite. If they have a good website, it's too late. You actually kinda of started with that, right? It's like it's almost yeah. like if they've developed a brand, a branded wellness thing, you're like, that's like too
1: late for you. Exactly. And like, you know, a lot of the best wellness practitioners like won't even live in a city. If they're that connected to their practice and what they're doing, chances are they're even living like upstate New York or in the countryside, or a lot of them come to the city just two days a week to treat people. And, you know, it's really about, you know, knowing who to ask and, getting into the network and then once you found one good person like i found like a good acupuncturist and i found a good brandon healer in williamsburg then they can recommend you to other people right so it's and a
0: tribe tribe, the tribe like yeah. philosophy yeah. coming to life in real life
1: exactly it's the same way as oftentimes with with other like doctors and things like that the best ones you ask your friends for
0: give me three trends uh that you think i'm fresh to this i'm fresh to wellness uh, i wouldn't even call it wellness i'd call it like wellness mysticism mm-hmm. give me three trends that I, as a novice i should should look into while I'm listening right now I should be googling what are three kind of cool trends
1: the number one is unicorn lattes so or wellness lattes right so there's are a, they called unicorn lattes there's a spot in Williamsburg that calls them unicorn lattes but even actually Gregory's has their own version so the idea is it's a non-caffeine based latte of different colors it could be a beet latte it could be a turmeric latte could be lavender matcha would live within the wellness latte family and
0: one so I got that so yeah. they're, they're non-caffeinated drinks colorful,
1: colorful drinks colorful. that are good for you made with almond milk and they're usually at quite a high price point so the end which sells the unicorn lattes in williamsburg the price point's around 11 dollars.
0: well okay so got that one two
1: I would say experiential meditation. So I've been going to this spot called InScape in Flatiron.
0: I feel like they have a good website. They
1: have a really good website. They and you do. actually, yep.
0: uh, Sophie invited me to do, to go Soundbox. actually for a sound bath with her to InScape. It looks amazing. It actually is like Instagram friendly, meaning that it looks amazing. But it was during a blizzard. And when I when it snows a lot, I go photographing with the city with my friend because it's like Ditched the one me time. me for 13th witness. So I I went <laughs> to like taking photographs and I didn't get to experience it. But sound yeah. bath is hot.
1: sound bath. So trendy right now and these sort of experiential sound baths where inscape is a massive space in Flatiron and they've built two domes within that space it's actually started by the guy that founded Intermix and he fell in love with meditation this is his side project and you basically go there and there are, you go inside the dome there are all these flashing lights and then this omnipresent voice takes you through a sound bath or meditation and it's just like I don't know it's kind of a, a fun thing to do I've been taking clients that is kind of like a different okay. activity with three, friends. Okay, number three, I would say salt room.
0: I, I've actually, yep. um, shout out to Ali, my fiance, and her father, John. They kind of share this, this journey with Sophie in a different way. And I've actually did a salt room. Actually, there's one in Montauk that I visited in September. It was actually my birthday gift from my father-in-law to be John. And I really liked it. But tell me about salt baths, uh, salt, salt rooms. So
1: the idea behind- the- What kind of salt is it? Himalayan sea salt. So it's like a whole room made out of salt. And then they also pump salt particles into the air. And the idea being that we are constantly connected to devices. Devices give off positive ions. And so they give us a very sort of edgy energetic sphere. Salt is made up of negative ions. And so it counterbalances the effects of all of the devices that you're using and cleanses your system.
0: So Sophie, I always say that a unicorn carries these three traits you know, happy, hungry, and curious. Obviously, curious leans to your nature from your history and, and to what you do out of everything strategy is about the purity of strategy is about curiosity. You know, let's talk about happiness. I mean, what leads to your happiness? And how would you describe happiness in your life?
1: I mean, I think for for me, there are, are really two key things. For me, it's all connected. So, you know, the first thing is, is making sure that I have a balanced lifestyle. Like, if I'm not doing things to support my wellness and kind of make myself feel good, then I'm not going to be happy. So having those things like the meditations and the classes and all of these weird and wonderful activities really do make me happy doing those things. And then second of all, I think that curiosity makes me happy. It's about uncovering new perspectives, new ideas, new ways of thinking about things. A couple of things that have really flipped my perspective recently, one was this idea of the film Arrival, right? So it's like the premise behind the film Arrival is that by learning a circular language, you can experience the past and the future. And that helped me to kind of understand language in a different way. So, you know, I'm always looking to like, listen to kind of mini Ted talks or read books that challenge the way that you're traditionally thinking. Another thing that I'm interested in right now is fictional universes and how as storytellers today, it's not about a simple, straightforward, linear narrative. You know, the way that people create compelling stories now is by thinking about the universe in which their characters and their storylines live before anything else. So, you know, are we in the past? Are we in the present? Are we in the future? What kind of technologies and conflicts are there that can inform our storytelling? And really flipping the way we would think about telling stories for digital is something that's inspiring me right now.
0: Cool. And then hunger. So this is interesting. Actually, out of all people, one day you asked in December, you're like, what drives you? And and it was like, it actually rocked me because I feel like I'm always just driving, meaning I'm always charging and sometimes I'm like, what really drives me? I said winning and then I kind of pulled back and I was like, you know, we do a lot of new business and obviously I like, I mean, everyone likes winning, but I think I kind of have a, maybe a different answer to that. But what, you know, under hunger, like what drives you?
1: For me, again, it goes back to information and ideas. I'm really excited to uncover new perspectives, new ideas, new pieces of information, new insights, things that we haven't ever thought of before. And when I find those things, you know, it makes me first of all happy, but then also hungry to find more of them.
0: And I'm going to do one more cheesy question. So you are a girl outside of London in a suburb and Thinking about your future, and you're very curious about things. Do you have a, any advice about advertising and social media? How to get into it?
1: Try to get as much experience as you can as early as you possibly can. Always dress for the job you want, not the job that you have, because people will take you to meetings that they wouldn't otherwise, if you look like you're going to add value to the room and then learn how to express yourself and present both written and visually your work very clearly, because again, that will help you get ahead in the earlier parts of your career.
0: Well, I want to thank you, Sophie. It's never, I have the luxury of talking to you every day and it's, I'm never bored. You never bore me. Um, you know, I am always i always get little cliff notes on my wellness and my health. And obviously, strategically, you've helped drive the agency to a place I'm really proud of. Thank you for your time here. Because I know you're really busy. And you have a million things going on. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that was episode two of two of Army of Unicorns. Again, if you want to hear anything from Sophie, you could check out her Instagram. What is it?
1: At Sophie Hauptvera.
0: I think you got a spell it for them. They're not going to get it. Uh, you, I'll put it in the in the title. You'll see their names. You can get it. But check out our Instagram. Maybe DM her if you have any questions. And obviously, she's always looking for excited young people who want to understand and learn both about strategy from a intern standpoint, but also we always have positions open. So hit us up. Thank you.